Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, hunbuds and hunbros. I'm a little bit more on it this week, and I'm just like chilling and having a really nice time getting this podcast up early for Patreon. Ta-da! I knew I could do it if I could just put my back into it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so speaking of Patreon, if you guys didn't know, I have a Patreon, and uh, we just started doing this thing, and by we, I mean me and the mouse in my pocket, uh, Wednesday morning power hours, which is really just sort of like a fun little time where I go live on Patreon, and we have a chat if you ever caught me live on YouTube. It's basically the same thing, but it's over on Patreon, and we talk about sort of what's going on in the world of MLM or any interesting screenshots or like news that I've been sent recently that's sort of fun to talk about. If you sort of enjoy the beginning of these podcasts, you would really like over on the Wednesday morning power hour. That's all I got to say. All right. It's goofy and it's ridiculous. And it's it's me unfiltered and, and unedited, really. Um, I sometimes throw clips on Instagram. So if you guys are interested, check it out and join the Patreon. And uh, yeah, and I want to welcome our new member, Christine. Thank you so much for joining. You are great. Uh, this episode is like really lighthearted and fun. I laughed and then I actually got kind of emotional for my own. I I had a little bit of an emotional breakthrough on this and it just, for me, it was a full circle moment to sort of hear how this all ended and, and what the light was. And I don't know, it just, I always just am so humbled when this show or the words that I say impact anybody in such a profound way that they decide to completely change their life for the better you know it's just like it just it just like reminds me like just like how impactful this show is and just like how wonderful it is and and thank you to you guys for sharing it and liking it and rating it thank you for leaving five star reviews uh any sort of way helps i know that not everybody can support the show monetarily and I uh, I appreciate every single like, share, and recommendation to your friends. You know, all you have to do is just tell five friends and have them tell five friends and so on and so forth. And, and you know, that's the kind of pyramid scheme that I want to be a part of. So tell your friends. Uh, other than that, there aren't really any triggers at all in this episode. It's just a very fun, lighthearted episode about two women who happen to be twins who got into this MLM for completely different reasons, had completely different experiences. And the fact that they're sisters and they call each other out and they laugh and they they speak in unison, it's just fun. And I think you're going to really, really like this episode. So without any further ado, I present to you the MLM Twins. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. I am having so much fun going down different rabbit holes and telling different stories and finding people that have slightly different stories that I didn't even think was possible. Like, you know, like meeting somebody and getting an email and being like, this would be a great story. And me thinking, what? I didn't even know that was a possibility. And that's what today's episode is. I got an email 
from one of these women's wife. And it was like, hey, you have to talk to my wife and her sister. They're twins. And they were both in the same MLM and have wildly different experiences. And I thought, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was a thing that might happen. And here we are. So I want to welcome to the show, Melissa and Marissa, the twins. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you guys? Great. Doing good. Yes. That's, this is, I'm really, really excited for this talk. Again, like I said, I didn't think that it would even be a possibility that I would have the opportunity to talk to twins that were in the same MLM that had different experiences and to talk about that. So I am just, I'm just excited. It's, I'm excited about a lot of stuff, but I'm really excited about this today. <laughs> um, we are here to share our story. Yes. Sure. This is so cool. You guys, I'm such a dork. Y'all know that though. Um, so you guys were in Pampered Chef, which we have talked a little bit about before, but we're going to go in a little deeper today with your story. It's probably going to be hard. Your voices sound very similar to people listening at home, but give us a little bit just so that we can tell the difference between the two of you for all of the listeners at home. Okay, perfect. My name's Melissa and I um, have my own cookie business now that I run and sell out of my home. And then I also help my mom with her insurance company. So I run that as well. So that during the daytime and then running my cookie business at night. So still a businesswoman, but not an MLM businesswoman. I'm Marissa. Uh, I have more of the raspy voice, (laughs) Um, but that's because I am a teacher and coach. I teach sixth and seventh grade math, and then I coach seventh and eighth grade volleyball, basketball, and track. So that's my full-time job. It's been my full-time job for 10 years now. Middle school teachers are saints. So I just think your service. (laughs) Yes. They're a different breed. That's for sure. So let's get into the meat and potatoes. How did you guys find Pampered Chef? How did you join? How did you both join? Whose team were you on? Like, let's get into this. Let's let's answer all of these unanswered questions that everybody has right now. Okay, so I'm the Melissa. I'm the one that got us into Pampered Chef. At the time, I had just resigned from my previous job in January. And that was a whole ordeal. And I really didn't have anything, you know, not being able to pay bills, looking towards filing for bankruptcy. And I actually got, uh, I guess, approached by another MLM that I did not realize it was an MLM until I was listening to your podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's an MLM. I didn't even realize I was in that. And it was a, a health insurance company. U.S. Health Advisor is the name of it. And I had no clue. And it just started clicking that I was in this MLM and bringing other people into it because I was a recruiter for the company because I was our division leaders head person and was say, hey, come on in and pay $800, take these courses and then take a chance that you might make money. They're losing their houses, mortgages, all of that. And it never dawned on me what we were doing. But so that wasn't working. So I needed something else. And Marissa and I always saw Pampered Chef as like this elite cookware that we've always wanted, um, but could never afford. Same. Yes. We were like, it was like prestigious. If you own Pampered Chef, in our minds, you like hit the jackpot. You have money. You're good to go. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times like my mom would get mad about like the pizza stone and like, it's just, it's so fancy. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, don't touch it. Don't even touch it. Yes, exactly. And that's what we always knew too growing up. So 
we first I they're having one of their sales that they do every now and then like join you get all this product and you can get a chance to make your money back and so I told Marissa I was like listen we've wanted paper chat for so long I'm just gonna go ahead and do it and now because I was living with her at the time I was like now we're gonna have paper chat in our house and it's gonna be awesome and we may get our money back so I went ahead and I joined I don't even know why I stayed in it because I'll tell you so that when I was with the health company, it was, I was with them for two, three years. That was starting in January, 2016. And I joined Pamper Chef end of May, 2016. And then my first, you know, they tell you to go and seek your family and get them to do these parties for you and all of that. I sold out of five parties, a total of $40 worth of product. It was awful. Um, But somehow... Yeah, it was, it was bad. I was like, okay, so we're not going to make our money back, but we're going to just try and keep doing it. So I did try. And then I became successful that next month, um, extremely and really fast. And I grew, I mean, within a month, I had five people on my team. Um, I was, but who was your fifth person? on your Right. Team? Yes. So of course you want to recruit. They want you to recruit and build the ladder. And I needed a fifth person. And I was like, I have to, I have to make it this deadline. So I'll get all this extra money, all this extra product. Marissa, I need you to join Pamper Chef. So she was like, what? And I was like, come on, just put the money up. Let's go. Let's get in. Join Pampered Chef. So she did it. And I made my deadline. I promoted to director in time to get all this extra money. And she was in labor joining Pampered Chef. She had to have her onboarding in the recovery room so that she can actually start because I, I was on this time crunch. So she had to start while she was in labor and the next day she had her baby babies in NICU. And instead of worrying about that, I'm making her worry about pampered chef. Like how awful is that? I have tears coming down my face right now. I am laughing and <laughs> laughing with, not at, but this is just like, it's like if MLM was a movie, like that, that's the Hallmark exactly. MLM movie right there. Yeah. Yes. Because I had to have, apparently I had to have my first party or launch party by a certain date because I had to get the $150 to really be a consultant for her to have her five for me to actually promote. So she's talking to me about it, like in the hospital room. I was like, you know, all my information, just do what you have to do. <laughs> like, where's your card? Let's go. Let's get this bot. Let's get you onboarded so you can start your first party. I mean, yeah, that it's, it's awful. <laughs> Looking back on it, it's awful. <laughs> It's like, it's so funny. And like, we say we laugh so that we don't cry. And like, looking back on it now, like you can laugh. But what did it feel like in that moment? Like sitting in the hospital, like you're like, for real, Melissa, like I'm giving birth. And she's like, I just need one more person. before. (laughs) And you're like, you know, all my info, just handle it. Like what? And then you have a baby in the NICU, which that's a whole nother stress that you don't expect. And you also have to throw a party within a certain amount of days to be what? Yeah, yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Like it is crazy. And I'm like, okay, Melissa, you just do what you need to do because, like, I know she needed, she needed it, she needed it in the in the time. So of course, just do what you need to do. Yeah. So that was the start of her pampered chef journey with us. <laughs> I love that journey for you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. It's a hot mess. But she got her 
$150 in sales in her first party. She became active and I promoted. So all was well on my side. But let's not just say we probably like made people buy stuff for that to happen. Because I mean, my first few parties were $0 parties. And so like once I like officially got started out of the hospital, you know, <laughs> mom, buy this $100 pan so Melissa can qualify. <laughs> Yes. We need you to buy this thing from me because if you buy it from me, then it benefits both of us. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what it was. So that was her journey. I kept going. So I promoted. So the leveling is sales leader, team leader, and then director, advanced director, senior director. And it goes, um, there's three more levels above that. So that got me to director. The first big promotion I got jewelry I got $500 worth of product I got $500 bonus and so that's what I was going for that next month I needed well I had more directors we were amazing fast track whatever team at the time and so I promoted in two more months to the advanced director because we were just growing and growing fast and then I was one of the fastest promoted directors in the company at the time because by that April I if you could if there's such thing as a fast track senior director which there isn't because most people don't fast track to that I was able to do that as well so we grew fast and furious and that was awesome but it also created a lot of problems in the long run as well so within less than a year we were already one of the higher level director teams in the company And where are you finding all of these people to buy and join Pampered Chef? One of the great things about Pampered Chef at that time was it was going online and everything. And a lot of our consultants were actually out of Arkansas and we're in Texas. Um, But my wife's best friend joined the company immediately. And then it just kind of took off from there. I don't know, you know, what it was about that area But we just, everyone, we made it look fun. We all worked together and had a good time. And people were just joining left and right. We weren't even, at that time, we weren't even really having to ask them to join our team. They just were. They saw the fun we were having, the environment we created, and they did. They joined. Now, a lot weren't successful. And this is where one of your podcasts I was listening to, and I was like, I'm the problem. Like, that was me. Uh, It's me. I'm the problem. Because I was predatory. I was like, hey, you need to recruit these many people. Or, hey, I need you. So you have to have people to promote that level. You have to have people under you promote to director and advanced director as well. So I would grab all these people, convince them to join the team, and put them on their teams. And have them build their team so that I was also hired. So you have parties. Okay, cool. I'm going to give you parties because I need you to hit this amount of sales. So when I said, when you were saying these things, I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. I didn't quit Pampered Chef until I was listening to your podcast. And I realized that I was being predatory and that I, that took a, you know, a hold of me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it made me reflect on what I was doing in this company. And I quit immediately that next month after the everything totaled out I quit I was still successful and I just I I stopped doing it this past April congratulations 
Thanks. Because <laughs> yes. I mean, it was eye opening. I was, you know, I would do that to her all the time. She'd be like, I'm ready to get out. I'm not making money. I'm having to work all of these hours. Yeah. You know, and I mean, not to say she wasn't successful. She was for about how long? What was but I was successful because she made me be successful. Like, yeah. Let's- Marissa, let's talk about what your first couple months looked like in comparison okay. to your sister's. Yeah, so I um, got home and she helped me set up my parties. She would send out like host packets for me. So she made me sign up, but she did everything for me. So we send out host packets to our hostess ahead of time so they can kind of see the catalog and stuff. And so she would do all that for me. She set up, they were all Facebook parties. And so she would set up my Facebook groups and she loaded all the posted. So, I mean, I'm in Pampered Shop, but I'm not doing anything. I'm taking care of my brand new baby at home. And so she was really great with that because she continue to do that and then she's like just make sure you comment you give out the prizes for the games and stuff like that and so I would do that and I would try to book my own parties for the future some parties went well and some parties didn't every other month I may make like $200 until she needed to promote to advanced director and senior director and when she needed to promote she actually I have to have five people under me to promote to director she actually recruited all five of those people and placed them on my team And that's how I promoted to director. So anytime they had questions or whatnot, they always went to her because they were in her parties and she was the one that they were talking to. And she would just start a group message and be like, hey, actually, your director is going to be Marissa. Here she is. And like, introduce yourself. And they're like, and I didn't just do that for her team. I did it for all my directors because we were going to move fast and furious and we were going to rise to the top is essentially was my goal. You're like a stacking queen. Yes, she really was. And she really, or she were, yes. But so once I became director, my business kind of took off a little bit. And probably for the last year, I was making about $1,500 a month on Pampered Chef. And, you know, we we were both teachers. And so we had income coming in. We didn't need Pampered Chef. It was just something I did for her. And then I was making extra cash on the side. So we lived a nice life compared to what we would have just with our teaching salary. I never wanted it. And so when she's building my team, my, that means my team is growing and which means more responsibility, which means more responsibility. And I didn't want that responsibility. I have too much going on at this point. Well, I started off slow having $0 parties. I was still promoting to director because of what she was doing behind the scenes for me. And advanced director. And I did promote to advanced director, but she stacked my team under me also because that helped her move to senior director. Right. So if you weren't hitting any of your sales quotas and you had to purchase your own product to do that, were you purchasing your own product for yourself or was your sister purchasing the product because she needed the rank advancement as well? I always hit myself. So as director, you get your free product, right? The free product that they make you pay taxes on, but you get your free product if you hit a certain number quarterly, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I always made sure to hit those numbers so that I could get my free product as director. They're called director boxes. And so you had to hit 750 minimum a month in sales. And so I was hitting that once I promoted to director, I kind of took over, I took over my own Facebook parties and stuff like that because I was probably in it for a year and a half yeah when did you quit I think I quit in maybe 2019 2018 so a little over two two years 
But so I was hitting my numbers, not to say, but if you're a salesperson just hitting 750, you're not making that much money. No, not at all. So, and I was, um, so I started in 2016 and I ended 2022. So I was in it for six years, but I will say, cause you're talking about having to purchase product. I, the whole last, maybe a year and a half of that, I was having to purchase my own product. Well, one, because I had one foot off the door. I just wasn't in it anymore. Um, a lot of controversy on teams. When you start to get over a hundred people on your team, you know, there starts to be personality conflicts. And my executive director, the person above me, whose team I was on, you know, she was a, a lovely person and very much tried to coach and do all those things. So a lot of my team members started taking towards that. And it just was kind of crazy. So they didn't want my help anymore, which we grew to be this amazing team, you know, me doing what I was doing. And so I kind of stopped and I was like, okay, well, I'll do my own thing. I'll do your own thing. And so I just was out. I was done. I would have maybe one party a month versus 20 parties a month. I had to then start purchasing product on my own, like $750 in product, which was fine in my head. I was like, Oh, I can do that. That's fine because I'm going to make a lot of money back anyway. So I'll just go ahead, purchase the product, put that 750 aside again for next month. And then we'll just keep on the cycle because I built this team. This is my team. So why should I stop making money off of them? Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. 
Their quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton doll scoop neck tee and some sneakers and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash M-L-M to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash M-L-M. is was my thinking, you know, I built it, I recruit this, I did this. And that was my mentality, which was completely messed up mentality. But that's what I thought. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep purchasing. And we're just going to keep going as long as we can. Why not? The only thing I wasn't doing was now I was no longer earning the vacations like I was earning that that was the difference to me. And I didn't see anything wrong with that at the time. Right. When you started to have to buy $750 worth of cookware a month, where did it go? That's I just I stored it. And then when we moved here, she and I had like a big blowout. And I sold all of it for like 65, 70% off because I just needed it gone. And I still made, you know, a couple of thousand dollars off of that. That tells you how much product I had because I needed it gone. And it was a lot. There was a lot of stuff. Wow. So let's think back to the days of the raw, raw sisterhood, unicorns, rainbows, and cupcakes when it was really good. And let's talk about some of those red flags, those early red flags that you saw that you guys ignored. So I recruited a couple of people on my own because it was super hard for me to recruit people, but they would all have $0 parties. Well, I had a $0 party as my launch party. And I'm like, it's fine. So did I. And look where I'm at. I I'm making $1,500 a month. And I, this is a side business that I put a couple of hours into, um, which that's a lie. So like they're asking, well, if I'm going to do this, like how much time does it take? I'm like a couple of hours a week. You do it 15 minutes a day, three times a day. You're good. Like, you don't, it's fine. It runs itself, which is a complete lie, but you want to believe that yourself because you don't want to believe that you're taking that much time away from your family, which essentially is one of the reasons why I quit also, because I had a newborn and by that time she was one and a half, two years old. I was working all day. I came home. If it wasn't game night, I was on my phone talking to my consultants, helping them, talking to Melissa so she could help me help them, trying to recruit, giving tickets to parties so my cell data. But like, I'm like, you're fine. It's fine. But I can't tell you how many people bought into the business and all left with nothing because I'm like, well, it's obviously you. I don't know what else to tell you to do. Like for you to have $0 parties, I don't know why you're not being successful. And so like that should have been a huge red flag that you're having to say that so many times to people because you keep recruiting and they keep failing. Like nobody is, nobody you're recruiting, I shouldn't say nobody, but like 
90% of the people you are recruiting are leading with making zero dollars. In fact, they're spending money because they want to keep trying. And so they're the ones having to buy the $150. So $150 minimum as just a regular consultant to stay active, to stay active. And so they're the ones that are having to buy the 150 to try again next month. And you're just telling them to do it because that, I mean, eventually it will take off. And I can't tell you how many people just under me alone in her organization and Melissa's organization, how many people we just stopped working with because they weren't doing anything. That was yeah. one of the biggest things is like, you know, we had over a hundred people on my team, but that doesn't say how many didn't make it and weren't on my team. And so if you look at those numbers, I mean, you say, we okay, come on, you're going to join. This is going to be awesome. You're going to make so much money. Why don't you go ahead and get the $250 package, the highest level, because you're going to get all this product. So you're, you're going to make it back the first month. We're going to do this. Well, they spend the $250. They spend money on whatever they need for, you know, you have to have the, the software that post the parties to your thing. So you have to spend money on that and just all the different things. And then they're not making their money back. And we never saw it. We saw it as a, that's a them problem. They're doing something wrong. Their family's just not the right market. You know, it is what it is and didn't see it as that's a company wide issue. Because if we were having that many people who were having that issue, I can't imagine how many people across the U S you know, did the same thing. They took a chance spent all this money, never made any money. And, you know, that kind of put them in a bad situation. Well, some people, a lot of the times, because they were, you know, that was their savings that they put into the company right. and they didn't make anything back. Well, now they're two steps behind and struggling because they thought that this was it, you know, this was going to do it because that's what we teach them. Another major red flag that made me super predatory is when I would make them you know, teach it and instill it in their brains. You have to ask your guests and your host five times in each party to join this company. So when they say no to you the first time, you ask again. When they say no to you a second, ask again until you have asked them five times in five different ways. And I cannot tell you how many times I taught the five different ways to approach these people to get them to join the team. Like how, and that's in a matter of five to seven days. So every day I'm coming at you, trying to have a conversation with you for you to come and join my team to help me out. And we teach them, you know, it's selfish if you don't do that. It is selfish if you don't ask them to join your team. Don't be selfish. Because you have this opportunity and how dare you not allow them to have this opportunity. Why would you keep that to yourself? And if you're not asking them five times, you're doing it wrong. So this would happen after they booked a party. Like, so the hostess would book a party and then within the week of them booking the party, you would ask them five different times to join your team. What are the five ways that you would ask? So the first way after they decide to have a party, the very first way you ask them is you say, okay, you know what? We're going to get you lots of free product, but what would be even more amazing is if you got free product and an income. So instead of me being your consultant for this party, you can be your own consultant and I will help you do everything. We're going to, I'm going to run it just like I am. And you're going to get money and you're going to get free product. Be a win-win situation. Let's go ahead and turn this party into your first business party. I feel like that's how I joined. It works. Like, I feel like I fell for the first ask. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot of most people do. People they're do. like, okay, sure, oh let's God. do it. I'm like, okay, that's going to be $100 to $250. Which package would you like? <laughs> and then they choose and we go and do it. So oh, you're not no. alone. It happens a lot. <laughs> okay, so what's the second approach? So the second one, they're like, no, I just want to have a party. Let's just do it. So then once they get everyone invited into their party and they see people are interacting and stuff, then you approach them again and say, this looks like it's going to be a great party. All your friends are interested. Are you sure you don't want to turn this into a business for yourself and make some money? Because it looks like you're going to be able to book a lot of parties for through this because of the interaction. So that's like day one of the party. So you've already asked them twice and you're only on day one. And then once you get the first order in, first order, first day of orders, look at all of these orders. Look how amazing this is. Now it's too late to turn this into your party. However, you're going to be able to get bookings. This tells you that your community is supportive and that they are going to love to purchase from you. So we can definitely get you signed up. You're going to get $50 off your kit for hosting because you're already at that reward level. So let's go ahead and get you started up after this party. So that's the third way. I loved the little FOMO, like, oh, it's too late to make this your party. Right. <laughs> exactly. Look at all these orders that you're not going to make money off of because so you said like, no already. You said Fine. no. So let's not make that mistake again and <laughs> let's get the bookings from this party. So that's another thing. So the fourth way is at the end of the party. You ask them again because they are going to um, see all the rewards. So if they get a certain level of sales, they get $25 off their kit or $50 off of their kit. So look, let's not spend that $50 on whatever you want to spend it on. Let's spend it on the kit. And let's get you signed up because you get $50 off. Now it's even better of a deal. So instead of paying $99 for $400 worth of product, you're only going to pay $50 for $400 worth. $400 worth of product and you're going to get to start your business. So it's going to give you so much more than what you even than imagined. That stoneware you were going to buy. Yeah. So discount though. Yeah, exactly. The discount will ring you in. It did us. <laughs> so then the fifth way, fifth and final way is after everything's said and done and me, I've worked hard. I've got all the bookings that I want. We try and tell our consultants or really make our consultants get at least three to five bookings from every party. So I get my bookings. I'm like, hey, look, five of your friends want to party. They had so much fun. This could be your startup. We're going to get your business off on the right foot. We're going to get you money immediately your first month. Let's go ahead and sign you up for um to be a consultant so that you can join this journey so five times and if your party's five days or seven days five times you're throwing that down their throat and making it sound fun and exciting so that they join you and then they fail or you know some don't but most do but at least you got that check someone on your team because with me, if you're trying to promote or whatever, I just need them to be successful one month. It doesn't matter after that one month. And then I can hit my goals. How many so. people listening are like so triggered right now? <laughs> I know, right? right? <laughs> not as a so huge thing. But like also not only that, but having it like you brainwashed almost that you have, like, if I didn't do that, I'm a horrible person. I'm a selfish person because not, it doesn't just help me, but it helps them even more than it helps me because then that makes you sound a lot more selfless because you're saying it helps them more when in reality it doesn't. 
It, it really doesn't. There are only 1% of the company that's truly successful month after month. So when you think about those numbers, there's a lot of people that are just helping you be successful and they think that they're, you know, semi-successful. But when it comes to taxes, buying stuff, you know, they, they kind of lose in, in the end. So Marissa, you were the first one to say, I'm out. Tell us yeah. about that and how that happened. Well, I would say just because it was starting, I was growing, not by my own. I wasn't growing, but she was making me grow. And so I was doing well, like $1,500 a month to me is a lot. It wasn't near which Melissa was in the top 1% of her company. So it wasn't near what she was making. She was making probably five times as much as me. She made more a month than I made as a school teacher in my pampered chef. And she was just a senior director. So our executive Dang. director, she's one that would like post pictures of her paycheck to see, look where you can be, you know, yeah. um, and send that like monthly in our Facebook groups. But at that time, I think when I decided to go away, I don't think that I understood the difference of an MLM. Or what it was, I just knew that it was pulling away from my family and I needed to get out. So I was like $1,500 a month or family time. And I chose family time. We were getting ready to move from San Antonio to Fort Worth. I just needed that time. So I told Melissa that I am out. I am not doing it anymore. I am leaving Pampered Chef. And then shortly after that, my sister-in-law who reached out to you saw your podcast and I went, I like binge listened to your podcast, the whole thing um, in a matter of a few days, which is actually quite impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> I was like putting my air in and I'm just listening. Yes, maybe I'll make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich while I'm listening to this podcast. So I was really grateful that I was drawn to, to leave because like, oh my God, like I wasn't high up. I wasn't 1%, but I was successful enough to be 14. You earned a trip. I earned a trip. I did. I earned a trip to Amelia Island. But the funny thing about those trips are they're not, they're free, but they're not free. They're not. As you've said on your podcast, like you had to pay for your airplane ticket there. We got the room and we got food. I qualified for a level one tier, so I didn't get any money. She got money. And spending money. And flights paid for. And her flights paid for. But I didn't. I I qualify for level one, but then when you get your income statement, that's on your income statement of what they gave you or whatever it is for your taxes. They 1099 you for it. Right. They 1099 you for it. And you don't know that. You have no idea like your director boxes and stuff like that. So unless you can show that you spent that much money, you're screwed because you're paying taxes on all of that stuff. Uh, but anyway, so I was just fortunate enough to, to hear the podcast and be like, okay, I was the problem and I wasn't even high up. And so it, that was super eye-opening to you. And Melissa, it did take her a while. Like she had to be deep into your podcast to really understand. And as we're getting ready to talk to you, her wife was like, I still don't even think you understand like how bad you were and like how you pro the, were the problem. Like you don't even get it because you were successful within your first month. You fast track promoted and all this stuff. Like you don't get the parts where me, I don't know if I just stopped sending out host packets because I didn't know there was some months where I made 1500 and somewhere I didn't. I'm like, I want to spend money to send you out a host packet. What if your party doesn't do anything? And what if you don't do anything as a host to make sure that your party is successful 
like it was just always a gamble and I just I don't know I didn't like it mm-hmm. yeah Melissa well how did learning that your sister was leaving make you feel I think I was at the point where I was okay with it because it wasn't going to affect me in the way that, because I already had a lot of directors. So losing her, I was fine as far as my position in the company because I had other directors, you know, cause we had already grown. And also it was a bonus because guess what? She built this team. I helped her build this team and now they're going under me personally. Yeah. So now I'm going to make even more money off of them. <laughs> so at that point in time, I was like, you know, cool. You know, we did this journey together. It was awesome. Now I'm going to make more money off of your team and it's going to be fine. And so that's still the mindset that I was in. And, and, and Jessica's probably right. Like I'm still kind of, you know, I, I see the light and I did enough to quit, but it's still unraveling all the brainwashing, you know, essentially that's in my mind as we were taught Pembroke is not an MLM. So if you want to make an income, come over because we're not like those other companies. You don't have to have inventory. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars a month come on over because we are a great company. And so that was always my mindset. And then it wasn't until 2019 that I started kind of being like, wait a second, because in my mind, MLMs were all about recruiting. You're going to make money, recruit, recruit, recruit. You're going to make all this money, extra bonuses, cash off of these people that you're recruiting. And Pampership really wasn't like that. You could, you had to recruit to promote but you didn't really make money because you got a recruit. So um, that's why I was like, oh yeah, we're definitely aren't an MLM. You know, this isn't a shady business. And so 2019 at our huge conference, they announced a recruiting bonus. And I was like, wait a minute, that is like an MLM. And so now if you recruited to how I fast tracked her and director and advanced director, when she fast tracked to director, I would have got, if they had this back then, I would have had $500 bonus. She would have got a $500 bonus. If fast tracked her to advance, I get a $1,000 bonus and she gets a $1,000 bonus. So now they're paying you to recruit so that people can promote. And so I was kind of like, how do they have the money to do that? First off, because we're growing, everyone's promoting fast. That's going to be an incentive. Who doesn't want an extra $1,500 every 90 days after every single person they, you know, make successful. So that was a red flag for me where I was starting to kind of see this is weird. on recruiting and paying people to recruit there's something wrong about that and I just kind of that's about when I started getting one foot out the door and that's right when I left because Mm -hmm. I had one month where she was like so she says she's okay with it but she tried to keep me on and that was how because of the recruiting bonus she was like Marissa if you recruit this person like they just signed up today 
you need to get them promoted and then you'll make $500. I'm like, I like money. $500 sounds great. And so I did, I tried and I was like, this is impossible. I can't, I'm just not that person. I'm not a salesperson person like at all. And so, and that's also how we got people to sign up because we're like, we're not salespeople either. We hate talking to people. You can do it even if you're shy. Anyways, because of that recruiting bonus that they had just started. Yeah. It's really interesting that like, that was sort of like the last thread for you of being like, well, we're not an MLM. Like recruiting isn't a focus, even though it is a focus, right? It's just like a secret focus. You can't promote without recruiting. You can't get the check without recruiting. You can't do the things without recruiting. You can't get this without being at this level. And to be at that level, you have to recruit. And so it's there and it's always been there, but it's, it's like, hidden so it's it was never like in the forefront where you're like oh we, it's not about recruiting that's not even a thing that we focus on right. and then you go to convention and they're like guess what guys and you're yeah. like wait a second that was the one thing that I could argue was that it mm-hmm. wasn't this emphasis yet here it is and what you're saying about like we don't get paid to recruit because that's an FTC rule. They can't pay you to recruit, but they can give you a bonus if you help a new person rank fast or they can, you know, give you a sales bonus if the people underneath you and you get this percentage, but you're not technically getting paid for the act of recruiting. You're getting paid after everything that happens once that person's recruited and right. that's that little loophole that the MLMs yeah. are like pyramid schemes pay to recruit. MLMs pay after you recruit. We're not a pyramid scheme. And I'm like, uh, potato, potato. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's exactly right. Because that was the whole thing too. Uh, that's a pyramid scheme. That's a pyramid scheme. I'm like, no, we're not a pyramid scheme. We're not an MLM. And that happened. And I was like, wait a second. There's no, I mean, we are one. That is an MLM. That is a pyramid scheme. Because why are we focusing on that all of a sudden? Why do we need these $1,500 bonuses when we've been doing fine? I was like, so it kind I really, I did after that convention, I got one foot out the door. And that's when I started going downhill, but and not booking all the parties and not asking people five times because I was questioning what was going on. I didn't want to be, you know, that type of person in that kind of business. I didn't want to be in the business of scheming people out of their money to benefit myself. And so I was trying to figure out, is that what we're doing? And then I just kind of got down about our company. But of course, I didn't have another job. This has been my life for three years. And so I kept going. And that's when I started purchasing you know, 750 myself to keep going because I didn't want to put that out to other people. But what am I going to do now income wise? So it took me a good year and a half to finally figure out, well, really, like I said, my, well, Jessica's the one that came across your podcast and it took listening to your podcast to confirm it. And I was like, we are an MLM. This is a type of pyramid scheme. I am, you know, being predatory and I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to make people lose out on money and all of those things. And, and so I, I just quit. I mean, like I said, I was still making thousands of dollars a month and I just walked away. I was scared, didn't know what was going to happen, how I was going to provide. And, you know, God's amazing. And I haven't had a hiccup providing for my family since, but it was just the fact that they put the emphasis on the recruiting totally 
brought the house down for me. Yeah. That was your crack that let the light in. It was Mm -hmm. a little ability for your wife and your sister to plant the seed to be like, "Mm, something's weird. And it took you a little bit of time. And that is a really, really great point that you bring up. You saw it. You knew something was fishy. You knew something was off. You knew that they were lying to you. You couldn't really put your finger on it, but you also couldn't leave because all of your eggs are in the pampered chef basket. And there are people that listen to the show that email me and say that I want to leave, but I can't, my husband quit his job. This is what we do. I don't know how to provide for my family. I don't know how to do this. And so the fact that you're saying that, and then it took you another year and a half, two years to actually be able to cut that cord, I think is so important to say, because there are people out there listening right now that just went, thank God, it's not just me. I'm not Mm -hmm. alone. That happened to Melissa too. Melissa knew and couldn't get out and she just did what she could and she got out. And here you are sitting here talking to me, beautiful, smiling, laughing, having a good time, telling us that you never even had to worry about it, that you were able to get out, adjust and not have that hiccup. And you had to stay in your MLM a little bit longer to do it, but you also didn't have to suffer. And that is where the nuance of MLM and being anti-MLM falls. Yes, I'm anti-MLM, but I also understand that people have to feed their family and that sometimes that's the MLM that's providing for that. And you have to be in that space and work your way out of it. And it's okay. Yeah. So thank you for being vulnerable and saying that because I know how hard it is. I was in that situation as well. I know how hard it is. So thank you for being vulnerable to say that. And thank you for giving people that are listening that are in your same boat that you were in a little bit of hope. Yes. That's what I always say. I always, you know, I was terrified and it took a long time, but like I said, God always provides always. And that was one thing that I, he finally gave me the strength and I quit. I sent my letter in, you know, my upline director was trying to convince me just to step down from being a director. I was like, no, because that's not the issue. I'm out completely. I'm out. One of the things that I listened to you talk about too, is the relationships in the company and, you know, what happens when you leave. And, you know, one of my directors and I had a huge falling out and all of that. And then she wouldn't talk to me, whatever. And then as soon as I get out, she reaches out to me. I'm like, no, because it's conditional. And a lot of those things were conditional. And I had thought I had true, true friends and I didn't want to lose that part either. So when you get in deep and you've been in for a long time, that's your family. And so that was one of the hard things too. You know, that's my family. That's where I talk to on a daily basis. What am I going to do whenever I don't have that? Because I knew that that relationship was going to now be broken because it's conditional. So that was a huge fear for me as well. And so being able to be like, you know, whatever happens, happens, you don't need conditional relationships. You know, it's kind of like an abusive relationship. If you're scared to get out of that relationship because of what's going to happen next, but whatever's going to happen next is going to be okay. And what's right. And it has been, it's been wonderful. It's been absolutely wonderful not being in it. So Marissa, my question is for you now. How did you feel when your sister finally said, I'm done and I'm leaving Pampered Chef? Um, We were excited because we were trying to tell her to stop. Like, you need to stop. You need to get out. I mean, we understand because she makes thousands of dollars doing it, but you have to get out. Her cookie business, she had just started and it was doing well and since has grown tremendously. Um, She hasn't turned on orders every month. So 
Um, we just, we knew, we need, she knew because we were all telling her and then she finally did it. So we were super excited. Not to say um, it did take her a while, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And you know what? Leaving these groups, it's going to take more time. I'm yeah. still unpacking things and it's been like almost six years, right? Like I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Or I have a conversation with somebody and something comes up and I go, oh my God, it takes time. But the hardest part, the getting out part, the coming out and saying, I'm I'm not doing this anymore. I'm still unpacking a lot of the problematic stuff, but I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. You're going to come across things and you're going to go, oh, and you might have these spirals of like, what am I into? What am I doing? What happened? It's part of it. I, I'm just so proud of you that you you saw it and you're learning and you got out and that your family was so supportive and so excited that you were out as well and that you've maintained a great relationship with your sister because I think that would have been the worst possible thing that could have happened that it yeah. pampered chef tore you guys apart. So yes, that's one it's scary, but do it get out to it because it's the best thing ever, honestly. And that's a, um, whenever I was listening, but your podcast helped because that's what Jessica said that what she said earlier that she doesn't think that I'm still, I, I'm over it completely. And I'm not, it's only been since April that I've been out. And whenever you've been brainwashed to believe things for six years, it's hard to believe that the company is as predatory as it is. And so it's still hard to see, oh, I still look at different companies and wanting to buy their products and stuff. And just was like, no, MLM, not doing it. Don't buy it. Don't even look at it. Don't look it up. And I was like, it's kind of sucks because they have good products. Like that's the one thing I hate about MLMs and pyramid schemes. Some of them have amazing products. But the business side is not good. And, you know, we don't need to support that. And I wish that other products out there were like that. But so that's when I'm still learning and it's still hard. But to wrap my mind around all the hurt that they've caused, different families and things. But um, especially when my insurance company, um, MLM, that I was in and didn't even realize that was even worse to me because people were not being able to pay their mortgages. We're not being able to provide, put food on the table and we were okay with it. We, you know, had them keep going. So that's been the, the roughest part is realizing I did that to people. I had a hand in their lives that were disrupted. That's been hard to cope with. Yeah. That is a really difficult part. And it was hard for me as well. I think it's hard for everybody once they realize the magnitude of where they were in the pyramid and the exponential amount of people that they affected with their decisions. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but you guys are like doing great. How was your life after MLM? Everything is good. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. We have everything we could ever want or need. Um, family time back. <laughs> family time. Because in that 2018, I had my son. And he was born. And so, you know, all I did, I stayed home with him and I was on my phone constantly. And that was part of my life, my phone. And that was the struggle in her relationship as well as her glue to her phone constantly. So having family time and freedom back has been more than we could have ever asked for. So life after MLM has been amazing for me. Yes. Uh, well, because I'm a teacher and most would be like, 
just whenever you get off work, because, you know, I can't be on my phone and teach kids at the same time. So she was like, when you get home from work, just sit in the driveway and then just get on your phone and do everything you need to check all your parties real quick in the car on your phone and then go into the house so that when you get home, you're not having to immediately get on your phone because you just did it in the car. And I'm like, okay. And I tried it for like a day. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work. And like, they can hear my car pull up. <laughs> so anywho, but life has been great. I mean, I, like I said, I had a full-time job. So paper check was never anything that I needed to do. I needed to do it for her. And that was it. And so um, life just kept on checking on like normal for me. So that was good. I love it. Are you guys ready to do some rapid fire questions? Yes. Who wants to go first? Her. (laughs) By her, I mean (laughs) Melissa. You can't tell she's so much better at speaking than me. (laughs) Okay. So I'll ask the question and then Melissa goes first and then Marissa, you will follow. Okay. One word that encompasses how you feel about MLMs. Treachery came to mind first. Stingy. Ooh, stingy. I like that. Okay, ladies, give me a warning to somebody who is on the fence and might want to join an MLM. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. It may look like it's rainbows and sunshines and easy to make money, but it's a lie. It's not. And it's a lot of hard work and a lot of time and you still may not be successful. It's not worth it. I'm just, just piggyback off of that because I was going to say the same thing, but like easy money is never easy. So we always go for the easy thing or an easy way out or you think this is going to be easy for you and it never is and it's never worth it. Like you have to work hard for your money and doing it in an MLM is not the way to go. It's not sustainable for you or your family. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? The worst one, in my opinion, is the health industry. I don't know anything outside of Pampered Chef, but through your podcast and watching, I'm going to just go on the bandwagon and say LuLaRoe from the beginning. Um, uh, that was actually the first MLM I ever purchased from. And we, Same. But I agree with you. LuLaRoe, I think, I, of the health industry, I say, because I had a part in people paying hundreds of dollars to get um, their license. And, and now you got to go and make 500 calls a day to get people to come and sign up for this health insurance. And then you're not making any money. So to me personally, that is, but LuLaRoe, how many people have we seen have to sell their inventory and not make ends meet? I mean, we've had a lot of people in our lives that have done that. So I'm going to, you piggyback off of me, but I'm going to piggyback off of you yeah. and say Blue LaRoe. One sure. of our family members sold off their inventory and then she opened her own boutique. So that was good. Yeah. There was a lot. A lot. Yeah. We're going to go with that. What is the hardest lesson that you learned while you were in your MLM? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think the hardest lesson that I learned was that I'm going to be the only one that truly looks out for myself and my well-being. That other people may seem like they are there for you and to help you out, but in turn, it's for them. And that I'm the only one that's going to have my back. Well, my me and my family. <laughs> yes. Um, I get like I, the side I, eye from Marissa. She's like, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I have your back. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm still here, aren't I? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I think the hardest lesson was that I allowed something so insignificant to take over my time. Um, time away from family, time to myself, just I allowed them to take take over me as a person and let my personality change. So not ever letting anybody or anything ever do that again. That's a really good one. I like that. Yeah, I really like that too. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and uh, give me a positive takeaway from your time in MLM. I learned that I am a leader and that I can be successful at anything that I want to do, which then gave me the confidence because it did. It gave me the confidence to be a successful business owner with my cookie business. I put myself out there in that I'm really not as introverted as I think I am because I always say I'm super shy and introverted, but I'm not like I can't hold a conversation and I can't talk to people and, you know, and carry that on. So just learning that I can be a leader, I can be successful and I can have the public speaking skills that I didn't think that were inside of me. That was nice to have that part of me come out. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to follow that. <laughs> I do. That's so hard. I don't. Is it bad if I say I don't have a positive takeaway from an MLM? Like, I already knew that I was a leader. It could be one. That's why, I mean, and not to say that as a person who just is full of themselves, because I'm not even close to that. But like, I might have a six-year-old daughter and she, I'm like, oh my God, she's a leader. Like they say, um, I'll meet the teacher, like say one thing. I'm like, she's a leader. She is a type personality. That's my daughter. And I apologize ahead of time. So like, I already knew that about myself, but I mean, I don't think that they gave me anything. I don't think they added any value to my life, I guess I should say. So that might be really negative of me to say, but no, I don't see anything it's from honest, that. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's totally honest. And, and you really didn't join the MLM. Like most people join because you were lacking something. You did it to help your sister. Right. So you didn't go in it looking for something looking. to fill what was missing. You're just like, oh yeah, my sister needs a body. I'm a warm body. Like, let's just do this. This sounds great. So not having really anything positive is totally fine. You didn't go in it looking for anything. So you didn't have anything to find on the way out. That's a really good point. Yes. It's very spot on. Thank you guys so much for coming and talking and hanging out. This was so, so, so fun. Yes, it was a blast. <laughs> we were excited and are excited. <laughs> There's a lot of excitement going on and I'm totally here for it. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Thank you.